Welcome to Veg Out, the Toronto Vegetarian Podcast. This is your weekly discussion of all things vegan and vegetarian in Toronto. My name is Lisa, and I'm joined by... Steve. And we have a special guest who I will introduce shortly. We come to you every week from the offices of the TVA and heard on CJRU 1280AM, The Scope, Ryerson's campus and community station. If you don't know, the TVA's mission is to inspire people to choose a healthier, greener, and more compassionate lifestyle through plant-based eating. And on today's show, we have a special guest coming all the way from Ireland... Uh, my name is Jacques Brennan, and I'm the author of Hungry Soul, and thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for coming all this way. What brings you to Toronto? I'm here visiting my mother, and uh, I'm here for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I heard about this briefly, but inform our listeners about um, the history of like your family and the TVA. Okay, we go back a long time. Our family, almost from the beginning of the TVA uh, foundation, maybe a few years afterwards, and my parents were some of the first ones in the group from, I think, late 50s, maybe early 60s. So they're like OG TVA members. Yeah, yeah. Original. We were there when there's only a few people around. Yeah, and so you've seen sort of like the renaissance that happened in Toronto of like the vegan movement and the community and how it's grown. Yeah, and I, I've lived off and on away from Toronto, and when it was small, it was a very small group. We were young kids going to these people potlucks with funny foods that we didn't like <laughs> but uh, I know but that's how it was because it was all these made with all these grains and stuff so as a vegetarian we grew up teenagers we, it was always difficult we were always teased uh, I was told often by you know that uh, there was whale fat in this food and stuff like that oh, that's awful. I had a lot of stuff but it didn't really affect me I, in fact, I don't know why. I think not all my family found it as easy, but I believed in it, and it was just the way because it was, we were told by my parents that it was reverence for life. That's why we we vegetarians for life of animals and how animals are treated, and we didn't believe that animals should be uh, used for our benefit, and that was our modus operandi, if you will. Yeah. And because of that, I had no problem with it, and I never ever craved meat. Or even cared about it, have never, never having tasted it. I didn't really know what it tasted like. You've never tasted a burger? <laughs> no, I've never tasted a burger. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, I was about 25 before I had my first burger, which was in Wimpy's in London, and they had bean burger. And mm-hmm. I came out with a burger and chips in a bag. And, wow, it was like a kid, right? <laughs> yeah. I had a burger, I had a burger, you know? <laughs> As a child, did you have trouble at things like birthday parties and so on? Uh, yes, we would have. friends have. Yeah, we would have. And usually I didn't eat what I couldn't eat. And that's often the case. I was, it was, uh, you, you just ate what you could. In, in, in my early 20s, I worked in France in a, uh, doing vendange in a... Um, what do you call that, a winery. Uh, uh, and I was picking grapes, and they were living in a place, and they had three things to eat. Green beans, which are very French. They had some meat and potatoes. And that was the staple for two weeks. And I ate green beans and potatoes and beer. <laughs> and I worked very hard. And when I came out of there, I was about half the weight I went in with. Oh, my gosh. Well, not exactly, but I lost a lot of weight because I had no protein. And you were thin to start with. I was. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But that was my life, you know. And usually you ate what you could, and often you fasted without wanting to. 
So what sparked the change for your desire to go vegan? My mother was been vegan for a long time, and she always kind of pushed us, talked about it, telling us, you know, it's a better thing. And in my heart, I knew it was the right way because we were vegetarian for compassionate reasons, for for the benefit of animals. And I knew that I didn't know exactly all the internal, but I knew that it was better if we didn't eat animals, uh, animal byproducts either. I didn't really understand it till much later. And I started looking into it, reading, seeing movies, and then I couldn't believe it, actually. But before I slowly... And one day, I was bringing it on in the family, uh, because I do all the, most of the cooking. Uh, my wife does great cooking, but I kind of do it because I like it as well. <laughs> and uh, so I was kind of bringing it on, and my daughter came home. I think she must have been in secondary school. She said, I'm going to go vegan. I said, great, I am too, because she needed someone to cook with her, and I had a partner, and that's how we became vegan, almost overnight like that, and uh, now we're about four in the family who are vegan, most of the time, I'm fully, fully, it's just, uh, it, once I decided to change, it was easy. I just found cheese difficult, right. because I like cheese, it was the only real, I, I, ate, I ate very little eggs, I hadn't had milk in 20 years or more. But that was difficult, and I had to change that. But um, one day I said it's over, and I suffered a little bit. And then now vegan cheese is coming in all the time, but I don't eat a lot of it because I broke that need for that kind of fat or whatever it was. I didn't need it so much. I do have it the odd time, and we put on cheese for the children and all that. Uh, on the pizza, sorry, put on the cheese on the pizzas, but cheese on the children. children oh no, the, cheese on the children before we eat them. <laughs> but, oh, what kind of vegan are you? <laughs> we're vegan, <laughs> but anyways, and th that's how we became. And then it, it was a no-brainer. And at the time, even though it's about ten years ago, nearly, uh, it's become much easier. Mm -hmm. So being a, a vegan is is. People understand it. When I became vegetarian, when we were vegetarians, people thought we were crazy. They never <laughs> met a vegetarian, you know. Yeah. Now, veganism is... Every day in the newspapers, there's an article. Every day in Ireland, is continuous. And now the, the, the actual the, the meat industry and the dairy industry are fighting back. Yeah. They're putting big ads for children to have your milk. And they're, they're really fighting back because they're seeing the change is coming. Quite, uh, you know, it's still small. But the percentage of the small is growing, yeah. growing all yeah. the time. And you know? in Ireland, is there like a big vegan community there? I wouldn't say there's a big vegan community, but it is growing all mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say it's big, but it's, it's growing. And like the popularity of vegan books and vegan food. And now all the big supermarkets carry vegan food. And they all have vegan cheese. They're vegan burgers. They're, it's wow. really growing. That's incredible. And uh, I was recently interviewed by a newspaper, a local newspaper, and they said, these they're not doing it for the good of their health. <laughs> there must be a reason. I said, yeah, because there's money to be made in vegan food. And now it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. Yeah. So you have this book here, Hungry Soul. You were telling us before the podcast about the story behind that and you know what it meant to your kids. Can you tell the listeners about that? So I, I started writing it nearly 15 years ago. Right. And I was thinking about my children as they were getting older. They were the younger, the older ones were teenagers. And how I could help them cook when they left home. Because I did all the cooking. And, you know, they were learning at my side as I had learned from my mother. Uh, cooking beside her or 
doing what she told me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I decided, why not put recipes together, easy to follow, straightforward, food that we cook almost every day. And actually, that cookbook is used in our house every single day. Wow, that's awesome. I use it because it's my it's a book I use, right? And <laughs> my daughter recently said to me, I wanted to do baked potatoes. Now, baked potatoes, I think, is fairly straightforward. And she just couldn't think of it. She opened the book. She followed my uh, my instructions. And she said, they came out just like you said, nice and leathery outside and everything. So that's how it's used because it's a very straightforward type of book. Mm-hmm. And so I did that slowly, slowly, slowly. And it was a vegetarian book. But then about 10 years ago, I changed it and it became vegan. I had to change <laughs> all the recipes. I used to make uh, like macaroni and cheese. I had to create another cheese. And between myself and one of my daughters, who's into food big time, and she's studying food science, we kind of created it. So she, she fried onion one day and blended it, put it into the sauce, and said, that works. And then we kind of developed our, our own kind of cream cheese sauces. It wasn't cheese, but it was well, no cheese. Cheese with a Z. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, not even, yeah, not even cheese that we put into it. Let's say che- cheese that is, you know, plant-based cheeses. It's just, no, it's just... Uh, nutritional yeast, is it? Nutritional yeast. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've recently uh, moved from using something like almond milk to soy milk. Uh, because the soy milk high protein content exactly. gives it a much creamier taste. Mm-hmm. And it actually, it's working now. It's, I've actually, a, I remember making it about two weeks ago. And I said to my wife, taste that. We hit it. And it's actually a little bit different from the book. Actually, no book says use soya or almond. But I think the soya just gives it that creamier... You heard it from here, folks. What? They said, you heard it you heard from it, here, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> and I think that it's hard to, like, explain, like, the charm of your book because it's, like, it's pretty hefty. There's, like, a lot of recipes in here. It's really simple to go through that, you know, like... It shows the basics of cooking and, like, how to peel and cut certain vegetables. But also, like, you know, there's these, like, illustrations that you've done on every single page. And they just add, like, a lovely little charm where, it, like, you know, it shows you the function of, like, what a photo would show you. But it's, you know, it's your own little touch. And I think it's it's really, you really see, like, the love that you put into this cookbook. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really part of me that I've put out there and to share. And what it was is really from the very basic. So if you want to boil potatoes or rice or any, the basic, basic, it's in there. Because it, it was really made for young people leaving home mm-hmm. who, who want to be able to cook. And actually, one of the last push that took me to really go out there and, and publish it was my friend's, uh, friend of my daughter's who heard that I was writing a vegan cookbook. She said, I need that. <laughs> I said, right, get it out. And that's what I did. So the sort of cuisine that you've been cooking is sort of like Canadian, Irish, like home comfort foods, or <laughs> it's a, a li- no, it's a little bit of everything. Right. Okay. It's uh, we, like I do, I do a lot of stir fries, mm-hmm. and the stir fries are kind of you can say Asian, Thai. They're a little bit of you know that tends to be like that. We do, I do chili with a lot of chili type chili food or uh, Indian type food. It's for me, it's, it's not really. Uh, because I've been introduced to all cultures, probably because I lived in Toronto, but also my friends are Indians or Portuguese or from all cultures, that I cook like that too. So, so you have we, just like a little bit of everything in this. Yeah, it's it's not really culture. It's more like recipes that we a lot of us eat. You know, like chili to us or minestrone or uh, pizza or you know hummus. You know, we live off these things, these types of food. You know, mm-hmm. and they're all in there how to make hummus yourself, 
That's really cool. So you were telling us before about um, you're, re- you're working on a second cookbook. Do you want to tell us about that? I am. I'm working. What happened is, as a vegetarian, as a vegan, eating op- eating in normal restaurants, not vegan restaurants, has always been a trouble for us. Mm-hmm. We found it very difficult to eat well. And usually we get options like... Uh, like you were telling me earlier, fruit salad. It's not. It's not. It's fruit. fruit cup, it's yeah. vegan, but yeah. it's not an option, and it's not something that we'll eat it, you know, as a starter or as a dessert. But you know, and even recently, I was in a vegetarian, a vegan restaurant where they served food that really wasn't satisfying. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad, but not satisfying. And I actually have menus of high-class restaurants in Ireland where the main dishes have no protein. Mm-hmm. And this is where you should have it. You could don't start or okay. So I said, they need one. So I'm writing a book called Hungry Soul Pro Vegan Options. Mm-hmm. And it's really geared to chefs and restaurants. So I we'll hope we get it out to them to help them. And so I, I explain why and how and what you need. And, and as vegans, you need proteins. Mm-hmm. You need basic proteins. And it's very, very simple. That's what really got me is that to make a simple... Bean with onion dish is five minute work mm-hmm. and really good. And that's all we ask. Give me beans. It's like the uh, the question we, we all laugh at. That like where do you asked, get your protein? Where do you get your protein? People who have eaten in these types of restaurants all along can't understand that. Yeah. Where uh, well, they only we, see protein as animals, right? That's right. We're, yeah. We're, we're like we say nuts, seeds, and legumes. There, yeah. There's lots of them around, and, mm-hmm. and you just have to incorporate them into your cooking. Yeah. And we yeah. know that. But for some reason, the uh, chefs and I have more trouble in uh, hotel restaurants than in other restaurants. Yeah. Yes. If I'm going to a convention and it's in a hotel, and the rest the restaurant usually won't know what to do. They'll do something for a vegan, but it won't be very satisfactory. Or it'll be just like a bland yeah. block of tofu that's cut up and yeah, like, yeah, okay, or, here's. Tofu. And in one case, uh, I went to, uh, I was at a convention, so at at lunchtime, they gave me a satisfactory meal. Mm -hmm. They gave me the same meal at the banquet on on the Saturday evening, which was supposed to be a a gala affair. And uh, no, I expect something more, uh, uh, more like... More creative, at least. Yeah, something that that would match what the other people are eating, except in a vegan form. Exactly. uh, They couldn't figure that out. No. Yeah, it's, so, it's. I don't know why, because they're chefs, right? They yeah. and they, not all are high level chefs, but chefs yeah. are creative. They're creating new recipes for themselves. You, you think they would be able to, but I perhaps because they're not vegan. Well, it's partly too. Uh, in in the case of hotels, the chefs are more the manager of the kitchen, and and. They're managing yeah. a bunch of people who are short order cooks to cook for four hundred people at a time, yes, and, yes. And, and things like that, which, yeah. which is a different thing from a, a normal restaurant where you're cooking one meal at a time. I do think that so, it's important uh, to notice that, or to note that, like vegan food, or like having the attention, or like the research to understand a balanced vegan meal option for someone who you know typically cooks like chicken breast or like ribs uh, or steak, or whatever, like. That the time it takes to educate yourself on a, like a balanced vegan option, you know that that requires a little extra time. Yeah. And when you're cooking for 400 people, I can understand yeah. why vegan uh, meal options can be an afterthought. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll just give them but chili. The sh- but, but like, but, but the chef is, is, isn't as hands on there like they were once upon a time. But they've forgotten that because um, because they've been doing so much manager. I wouldn't of, say that necessarily. Of the um, food department, I I agree to disagree, yeah. but. 
I do think that we do need to acknowledge that there is a lot going on behind the scenes that we as consumers yeah. may not understand. Sure. But I think that it's important that, you know, when we are served an unsatisfactory meal, that we should talk to the chefs or talk to whoever mm-hmm. is serving us and just explain uh, as compassionately as possible, like, you know, here are different options, yeah. educate them with the yeah. different options that they have. And even if they don't want to make things in-house, like you were talking about how d- certain restaurants make everything in scratch yeah. uh, or from scratch or whatever, so they make their own sausages, their own veggie burgers, all that kind of stuff. And I think yeah. that is amazing and creative. And honestly, I would rather have that any day. But there are a lot of products out there that are uh, available to food service. So Impossible yeah. Burger, Beyond Burger, Beyond yeah, Sausage, yeah, yeah. Uh, Soul Cuisine, Field Roast, all, all of those companies sell wholesale and yeah. they sell to food service. Yeah, I know. So yeah. we can, you know, we can encourage yeah. people to make that change, even if they like, you know, don't want to make their own tofu scramble yeah, yeah. in-house. Yeah. They can at least buy sausages and, you know, have something satiating for people if they come to the restaurant, right? Yeah. I, I think it's good that the, that anyway, is available yeah. today. It's, it's changing the culture, so we have to applaud it. It may mean not what we prefer, because it, at the end of the day, it's a fast yeah. food, it's a processed food, which is not always good, but it's much better. I was just yeah. re- reading an article about uh, they were giving processed be- uh, uh, burgers, vegetarian burgers, or, or actually plant-based burgers, and meat burgers to uh, uh, people of different, some diabetics, uh, different, three different peop- uh, type of people. And they f- at the end, they still found the difference with the plant-based much, much better in their, the, 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 what the happens to their body, much better from the plant-based, even if it is a processed food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of, just to talk about the book is that I, though that's good, and you go to a restaurant and you can get vegan food, which is really important, that's for the second book, but this one here is really to push cooking yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think cooking yourself is so easy and so much better you, there's less salt, there's no preservative, there's, no, there's you know oil as much as you want or as little as you want, and you can put tons of garlic, which I love, right? I also put in. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I see a recipe that says, like, oh, three cloves of garlic, I'm like, mm, I'll put six. Yeah, okay. that's right. <laughs> so you have that choice. But what it is is that's why the recipes are actually simple as well and simple to follow, which is, for me, very important, is that you just you come in at home and you, you're, you're, not, you're tired. You, you take, it, it's better, you take a tin of kidney beans, you fry an onion as your six cloves of garlic if you want, <laughs> and you put the beans in there, yeah. you cook it for 10 minutes, and it's wonderful. Yeah. And you have a potato with that or a rice, and it's really, really good, and you, yeah. you finish that and you go, I'm satiated. I'm really, I'm happy, you know? That's all it takes. I definitely need a little bit more sauce or flavor on that. Oh, but. yeah, yeah, but that's sauce. <laughs> Those beans actually have sauce, by the way. You need okay, sauce. Okay, okay. It just sounded like it was just onion, garlic, and beans. And I was like, okay, well, this, you know, could use a little zhuzhing. But. You'd be surprised how good that tastes, but you're right about the sauce. I do like, you know, simply prepared foods. I mean, Vietnamese yeah. food, it can be very simple. It can be just like stir-fried or steamed. Yeah, or it's often thing. fresh. Vietnamese it's food. It's very fresh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm a big tenant of flavor. You know, a little bit of salt yeah. goes a long way. Certain spices, lemongrass. Lots of chili. Yes, lots of chili. <laughs> Aromatics, you know, they, they really do add a lot. Yeah, so yeah. I think uh, I really agree with your message of like, you know, you know, yeah. going out to enjoy here and there, but, you know, really focusing more on like learning to cook from home and like having the basics. You'd be surprised at like how many people that I see in university now who just like, how do you cook rice? How do you cook? Is that right? How do you yeah. cut an onion? Or how do you? And that's what yeah. the book is. For. Really, this is what the book is for. Mm-hmm. For that age group yeah. who don't know how to cook rice, yeah. you know, it's really, uh, I think it's a, and that's why I wrote it. So they can help them. 
get started to cook because that's a, it's a wonderful thing yeah. to cook. I think it's one of the greatest pleasures I have, and I actually like it. Like now, I'm going to go home. I'm going to cook for my mother who needs good cooking, and my brother is coming over with his wife, and I look forward to it. And I can spend hours. Now, most young people don't want to spend hours, but I can tell you, making that bean dish takes minutes. <laughs> Just to let yeah. you know. that's awesome. So. Um, I have heard that your book is not necessarily available in Canada yet. It's available here, the Vegetarian Society. Yes, so we have uh, 20 copies of Hungry Soul here at the Resource Centre, which is at 17 Baldwin Street in Toronto, uh, second floor, so if you want to come here to get the book. Um, and where else can people find it? it's available you? online oh, with yeah. Book Depository. Okay. And also Amazon. Oh, Amazon, okay. Yeah, Amazon. So Amazon Worldwide, but UK, and published in the UK originally. So, But it's worldwide. You can get it online anywhere. Good to know. Yeah. But you do get a discount here at the TVA if you are a member. So, I mean, you, you want to you wanna capitalize on that. Um, so where else can people find you uh, aside from your cookbook? So I have a I have a Instagram account called Hungry Soul Vegan, mm-hmm. and I will be shortly launching a website where there will be the book and information to help people, and also hopefully soon there will be the Hungry Soul Pro out as well. That'll be months down the line, but there'll be available information and it, and in the book I also want people to contact me if they can. Yeah, through this. Uh, through the website, you know, through and, the website, and, yeah. and through my Instagram as well. That's great. So questions, I, I'd like it to be interactive. Why not? I'm here to help, and I like it. So you'll answer the questions like I will definitely I, answer the questions. How do I cook X Y Z or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. How do I make tofu taste good? This is always a big <laughs> issue. I hate tofu. You hate tofu. I love tofu. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do love. I think no, tofu is probably my favorite. Like protein for That's because you come from a culture that knows how to use tofu. That's true. (laughs) I actually posted a photo today of uh, a kimchi curry dish that I made. I've just, I had some over-fermented curry, so I just kind of throw dishes, curry is like my go-to for using up random stuff in my fridge. So I uh, added some puffy tofu, you know, that fried puffy tofu. And I had so many people asking me, like, where do you get this tofu? I've never seen this tofu. How did you make this tofu? I didn't fry it myself, but like, it has like a specific texture. It's like a really spongy... Yeah. Like fluffy texture on the inside, but it's like really puffy. Uh, I personally don't know how to do that. I imagine there's some sort of freezing action before the frying action, but uh, that sounds very complicated. I'd rather just buy it from the store. Um, but yeah, you can get it at Asian grocery stores. But the amount of people who are like, what's that puffy tofu? And that is like yeah. the like the best tofu in like a lot of Asian cultures. People are like, oh yeah, mm. that's like the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Or like the silken tofu, it's like crisp on the outside, but like really yeah. silky on the inside. Whew. Yeah. Was so yeah. good. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to say thank you so much for having or coming here all the way from Ireland, but also to visit your mom. Yeah. Um, but coming to the TVA and dealing with our technical difficulties to uh, record this podcast. Um, I hope people buy your book and learn. Uh, yeah, I hope you can buy the book to help younger people mm-hmm. to start off cooking because everything is really the change is through the plate. That's what I believe. So when you change what you eat, you're affecting the environment, animals, your own health, which mm-hmm. is probably important as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just by a small gesture, you're changing so much. Mm-hmm. And this is really a stepping uh, stone or to, to cooking and uh, hopefully for better for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Any last words other than that? Uh, well, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you, you find it. And, I, and I've had good feedback people using it. And that's what I, when I looked at it, I also studied which books are mostly used, not looked at, not left on the shelf, 
but used. Mm -hmm. And I tried to focus on making it used. So it's it's quite uh, it's that that was the my modus operandi to to make it usable. You right. look at it, okay, I'll use this. Honestly, it looks really great, and there's a lot of uh, great basics in there. Yeah, so thank you. thank you so much for having or er, for you. coming here and uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, it's just me now. Jacques and Steve are in the main room, uh, chatting away. Uh, it's actually really cute to watch them chat because they're just like really excited, and because they've sort of been vegan and vegetarian for a lot longer than I have, they have a lot more to like relate on, especially on like the history of Toronto and like their journey of going vegetarian when it wasn't cool before. There were like things like daya or field roast or any of that kind of thing. So it's actually really cute. Um, I wish that our microphone had been working earlier today so that we could have recorded some of their chats because it was actually super adorable. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, in other news, we're going to talk about some upcoming events that are happening in the local area. So as you guys know, um, in uh, a part of the TVA, we have uh, different community groups. So if you guys are part of, like, if you want like a, a reading group or, you know, a drinks, like a social group. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, local events happening all the time, so you can check our calendar. But here are some of the ones that are coming up um, relatively soon. So the first one is on April 13th. Okay, before I get into this, there are more events on our calendar. I'll leave the link in the show notes for you guys to really check it out, but I'm just going to give you the, like, the, the quick little lowdown. Um, but yeah, April 13th, we have a vegan meetup with Hamilton Burlington Vegans, um, and then that's at 5.30 at Earl's Burlington. It's a restaurant, so it's a little bit of dinner. And then afterwards, at 8 p.m., there's a coffee house with the Halton Peel Veggies. So it's like a joint meetup. It's usually a pretty good time. I think we typically have about 20 people show up. So it's not like a huge group, but it's like kind of fun. Um, I used to run the Halton Peel Veggie meetups um, a couple years ago, and there's always a good crowd, always a good group. And I know that the Hamilton Burlington one is very lit, as they say, as well. I shouldn't say that. I'm not cool. Okay. April 14th, we have a, our uh, Compassionista Ethical Fashion Show. It's not by us. Sorry, I shouldn't say ours. It's not ours. Um, but it is a local event here in Toronto, uh, April 14th at 2.30 uh, to 5.30 at the Right Side Boutique and Studio. Um, it is an event that will feature sweatshop-free clothing, inspiring influencers as models, healthy vegan refreshments, a silent auction, and a live DJ. Sounds like a fun time. Uh, so if you guys want to go, all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds from this event will be donated to Wishing Well Farm Sanctuary. So, you know, come have a good time, see some cool new clothes, you know, shop around a little bit with some ethical clothing um, and, uh, you know, contribute to a good cause. I think that's sounds like a good time. I'll leave the link to the event, event bride for the tickets because tickets are $30. So I'll leave that link down below. Um, as well, on April 27th, we have Dinner with the Doctor, which sounds very interesting if you have lots of questions uh, that you want to ask a medical professional who has experience with plant-based stuff. Because I don't know about you, but I don't have very good experiences with my doctors talking about veganism because they don't quite understand what it is. But I think things are changing. And, you know, this is a great opportunity to talk to a vegan doctor about it. And he talks, so the title is Dinner with a Doctor, Vegan Buddha Bowl comma cancer can we beat it it's a very interesting url i don't know what it is but i'm excited and i hope you guys are too uh may 4th we have so okay that's like april april's spring is like a good time for being vegan in this city but may is like when things are really ramping up so on may 4th we have the hamilton veg fest um that's held at i believe ancaster fairgrounds i'll leave the details in the show notes 
Um, but I've been for the last two years and it's always surprisingly huge. And there's like lots of stuff. There's lots of local farm sanctuaries and rescues that come and you can really sort of like mingle, figure out different places that you want to volunteer. But there's also tons and tons of food places that you can get delicious food. There's rescue dogs, coven, um, dolled up desserts. I can't think of any others right now because I'm drawing a blank, but there's a lot of excellent vegan food stuff there. So you should definitely go. I don't know why I had that emphasis, but yeah, you hear it. Okay. May 5th, we have the veg spring market and that is our event. It is at, uh, 11 to 6 PM, 11 AM to 6 PM at Witchwood Barnes here in Toronto. Um, that's by Christy, Christy and like St. Clair ish. Um, yeah, so it's a veg spring market. It's also lots of fun. Only $5 for tickets. Again, I'll leave link a link down below in the show notes for you to get your tickets there. But there it is like a big market. There's food, there's vendors. You can buy, you know, gifts. Your wedding season is coming up soon, so you can buy like gifts for weddings and stuff like that. There's I'm pretty sure jewelry, um, lots of good food, cookbooks, and we'll be there at, uh, as a TVA. So if you want to become a member, you definitely can come visit us there. It's a good time. You definitely should go. Uh, $5. I mean, why not? It's a it's a nice day, and it's Woodrow Barnes is a, a really nice location. Anyway, I'm babbling. That's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. A big shout-out to Jacques Brennan for coming in from Ireland and dealing with our technical difficulties and sharing his excitement about cooking like from home I just I think it's just like adorable and like he's just so happy and excited and you can tell that it, like his family has sort of uh, fed that excitement and like they're all really about food like that so I think it's really amazing that he's just doing uh, so much positive change with uh, the people around him but uh, yeah you've been listening to Veg Out the Toronto Vegetarian Podcast and radio show heard on CGRU 1280 AM The Scope remember you can listen to past episodes of Veg Out on our app The Veg Guide so download that it's really handy uh, and you can also email feedback to tva at veg.ca and you can find more information about what we do at veg.ca again all the links and the dates and specifics for the events and Jacques and where to find him and his cookbook will be down in the show notes uh, until next time veg out <laughs>